In today's episode, we're going to be diving deep into some behavioral science concepts so that you can enhance your experiences and tell better stories. From Engagement, I'm David Millay, and this is Flip the Switch. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Flip the Switch, where we sit down with leaders in customer experience and employee experience, and we try to figure out what are the trends that they're paying attention to? What are the experiments that they're running? What are the first principles that they've used throughout their career to guide them to success? Then we apply all of those insights to the worlds of sports and entertainment, live events, hospitality, service, your organization. Now, today is part two of two with Troy Campbell. So if you missed the first part, highly recommend you go back and listen to that. Um, and here's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be diving deep into how Disney creates incredible experiences in their parks, the science behind how they construct experiences. So if, if you have a business that is in person that people are actually interacting with live, this is an episode for you. We're also going to be talking about something called metamodernism, which is a current theme that is happening in our culture today and how you can take advantage of it to tell better stories, create better marketing, and ultimately uh, appeal to the people you're serving more. And the last thing that we talk about in this episode is the secret of cool. So Troy has created this kind of definition or framework for how and why something is cool. And you can use that framework to make sure that your products, your offerings, the value that add that you're trying to provide to the people that you serve is cool. So we are going to dive deep into these concepts with Troy. Uh, again, if you missed first episode and you want to know who Troy is, go check out OYF.com stands for on your feet or find him at troy-campbell.com. Troy's got this scientific mind and artistic heart that he weaves throughout his consulting work, his training work, his teaching, his design work. And you guys are going to see that come to light in this episode. So excited for this episode with my friend, Troy Campbell. Um, all right. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. This is all fun. Right. All right, let's do it. So we got a few more things that I want to cover. So I do want to, you, you mentioned Disney with experiential experiences. I, I kind of want to hit mm -hmm. on that, but I also want to hit on mm -hmm. metamodernism. I also want to talk about the science of cool. So which route do you want to go first? Let's, Maybe go let's, ahead. let's, since we're on Disney, I love connecting things. So let's, let's do, do let's do Disney experiences and then we can do metamodernism. We can do science of cool and then we can end with metamodernism as a version of what's cool now. Love it. Let's go. So that seems like a, a connected thing. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, so we want to talk about Disney experiences? Hell yeah. Okay. So um, we were talking about this one before we started recording. So let's talk about this one because um, so Destiny Narrative is one of my favorite things. And that's me sort of like taking what already exists and labeling it and sciencing it up in a way that um, can help people. But no one really called it anything like that. And But this one we're going to take a principle that already exists in Disney design, but then add a little bit more science than even some of the times some of the people working on these things um, are, are aware of to a help everybody else in the world understand Disney magic. And then B even help like the Disney Imagineers that I work and consult with uh, these days um, kill it even more. And so this principle is, and it's one of my favorite principles portals. So a portal is, 
a transitional space or time between two different zones. And that when you go through a portal, whether it's a tunnel, whether it's a rabbit hole in a story, whether it's the intro of a song, whether it's the line to a Disney park, a Disney ride, whether it's the launch tunnel on a Disney ride, what that does is three different things. One, it creates positive anticipation for what's to come. Two, it takes you in the right mind shift. So, oh, this is the spooky ride. Oh, this is the exciting ride. Oh, this is going to be this type of meeting, if it's like a meeting warm-up that you do. And number three, it creates the metaphor of going somewhere new. The narrative metaphor that that which is special and different is far away. So we need to create space between things that communicates that amazing like i i while while you're drinking your water i mean like i think about again i go sports world i think sports teams do a really good job on the player side of this creating that locker room through that locker room tunnel that comes out onto the field spending a lot of time and money and effort onto making that into an incredible portal. But when Mm -hmm. we think about portal transitions or transitions for fans, like walking from scanning your tickets into the stadium, it's really blah or like going from the concourse into the stands. It's really blah. Yeah. So, uh, so let's talk about, yeah. So let's apply this. Uh, so isn't it crazy that, uh, sports has like the greatest portal in the world, which is one, you get into the locker room and then they get the second portal, which is the entry tunnel for them. But fans don't get something that, right? It's crazy. It's It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So, um, so technically, um, there technically you could think of lots of things like portals, right? So technically is a portal when you're in the concourse before you go and sit in your seats. And technically the time when you're sitting in your seats before the intro music starts playing, which itself is a portal, could be a portal. Technically they all are portals. But what we're trying to say is how do you make them better, right? Because they're not necessarily creating anticipation. They're not necessarily getting you in the right mindset, especially because how about boring the concourses are in these stadiums oh my god Wembley and and Staples Center or whatever you're called now what are what is up with you um and um and number three um you know it doesn't feel far away it doesn't feel like you're like moving and going towards things um so uh do have you ever been to a sports venue that has something that is a better portal though for the fans I I would say I'm very biased about this. Katie, you're you're producing and watching us talk here. Uh, give me a thumbs up if you think Notre Dame does a good job with like portal kind of setting. Yeah. So so if you've ever been to Notre Dame Stadium, they did like a $450 million, $500 million renovation. I don't know, maybe six years ago, seven years ago, something like that. And they took so many old nostalgia pieces from the old outdated stadium, like the oak wood benches, and they turned those into the signage, like all the programs from the, you know, the the glory days are all hung up and blown up in like this really cool artwork. It's all, they've done a really good job at a school that is known for tradition and nostalgia. And they've honored that through the concourse. And so like when you're walking through it, it does feel like a very modern thing of like you're entering hollowed grounds here and you're about to step out into one of the most iconic stadiums in the world. I think they've done a good job with that. Uh, Yeah. But go ahead. What about you? Yeah, and, and there's great. Um, I mean, I think that uh, some of the stadiums that have, I think, the best portals, what they have done is they've created a portal. They built a stadium and they're like, oh, well, 
Maybe the stadium is not the greatest portal, but we can create some tradition around the transition to the stadium. So one of that would be a lot of soccer clubs have the everybody goes drinks and then there's the parade into the stadium, which can be problematic. But yeah, it definitely can work. Uh, one of my favorite is I was a professor at the University of Oregon for quite some time. And oh, my God, here's how it works there. So the Autzen Stadium is in this big park that is across the river from the campus. And not only does it across the river from a campus, in between the river and the uh, stadium is a narrow pathway through trees. And the bridge is not, also not that wide either. So it means that everybody converges from the city. They walk down from their houses, from the hills. They walk from the campus there, right? And this could be like almost 10,000 people coming from this direction over the, you know, hours before the game. And when they get there, you're tightly packed in there. So when you're tightly packed, it's also slowing you down. You're also like touching other people's shoulder, which is like excitement. Oh, this is a community thing. This is awesome. And then you go into the woods. And one of uh, Nike shirts for us one time was called Somewhere Deep in the Woods. And I'm like, oh, wait a wait a wait to mythologize this even more. And then you come out of the woods and Autzen is the biggest thing in the small town of Eugene. And there's a big ass, huge yellow O. And you're just like, oh, my God, I'm ready for Oregon football. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah. And so and so I think it's, it's an interesting thing. If you were to think of it from like a design perspective or sort of like improv creativity, you might use the thing. What is the offer? What exists around us that we can use to sort of create these portal atmospheres? And, you know, um, a lot of these stadiums, um, I believe the Trailblazers have done something like this, um, is they've created they've been like, what could we do? Well, there's a lot of good food trucks in the town why don't we create a pregame dinner vibe? And, you know, maybe that is not like the coolest thing in the world, but it's a vibe, it's relaxing, anticipation is made, and it has this sense that like, it, 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 it communicates the idea, this is cool, this is local, we are special. And, um, and yeah, and so all these opportunities we gave, we gave history, use a environment, use local businesses, create a portal um, and obviously some of those portals are better but any intentional portal most of the time is better than anything yeah and I, I love what you just suggested in the examples that you gave of Oregon and, and Portland doing it a little bit differently is that those don't those didn't cost 450 million dollar renovation that I yep. talked about with Notre Dame that's something that is a lot more that it's still going to take a lot of work to create a tradition where people are walking through and and all walking together it still isn't a take a lot of work, but doesn't necessarily take a lot of money to create that portal experience. I love it. Um, all right, let's go to science of cool. Talk to us about, yeah, so, I, this is something that I love that you talk about. So go ahead. Yeah. So if we're kind of going to bring in that architecture that we've been using of useful takes, uh, the useful takes here is the things that you think you cannot think scientifically about, you can. And in a similar way, um, people say to me all the time, like, you cannot fully scientifically understand what cool is. And my response to them is, you're right. You cannot fully understand what most anything is. And that what we're really trying to do when we're talking about anything, whether that is story, whether that is culture, that is identity, pretty much anything people across marketing and psychology are ever dealing with is we are trying to, and I love the way this sounds, 
We're trying to better understand things that can never be fully understood. Better understand things that can never be fully understood. So cool is that. And there are some things I don't even like about my own definition of the science of cool, but oh my gosh, it is this. You are useful and careful. It is useful, especially when you're careful with it. So here it is. Uh, this is based in part on uh, research done by my good buddy, Caleb Warren, who's so cool that he introduced me to the amazing Colorado snowboarding vibe and Settlers of Catan in one day. Um, so... Uh, uh, Caleb Warren's definition is something like this, and I have sort of operationalized it and took a little bit of artistic license, but it is being cool is autonomously breaking the norm in a positive or at least not too far away. Breaking the no being cool is breaking free. So let's define what this is um, with some examples and then talk about why everyone and every brand wants to be cool even if you don't think about it. Um, so I'm going to ask you some questions, uh, David. Uh, who's a musical artist that you think, or at any time in your life, uh, has been cool? Uh, we'll go J. Cole. J. Cole, right? Uh, like, uh, my students love him, right? The socially conscious, no-feature rapper, right? Awesome, right? Breaks free from the norm of having... Features on an album and stuff like that. Obviously, he does more complicated stuff, but it's just yeah. like a example. It helps. Um, uh, another example, maybe from the past, uh, Freddie Mercury, breaking free, right? I'm going to break free from the norms and I'm going to be this type of sexual rock star and operatic. Um, and then there was uh, there's this other one. Let, let me let me know if you know the lyrics to this one. You can finish them off. Uh, Katie, you could chime in if you want to. We're soaring, flying. There's not a star in heaven that can we can't reach if we're trying. Cause we are. I don't know that. What is that? Am I breaking, breaking free? <laughs> it is I high school that. musical. It is That's high why. school That's musical. And right. Because in that movie, if you don't know, it's one of the greatest scenes. <laughs> Sorry. If you don't remember from that movie, there's one of the greatest scenes of all time. It's when Troy turns dramatically to someone else who's talking about, should he be in the musical or should he be in basketball? And he turns and he says, you ever think I could do both? And at that time, really, honestly, it was kind of cool for people young and to some degree still is to be both artsy mm -hmm. and athletic For right sure. and is he super cool are we thinking this little boy zach efron is cool maybe not but millions of people did and the same psychological way that you feel about jake j cole what people felt about queen and what teens felt about high school musical and what million people think about country music that uh, country music who's just like you, uh, their songs are always like they say I shouldn't be so country mm, but I'm break free from the norm I'm gonna stay so country right because and it's all the same it's yeah. not and obviously we're exaggerating it but it's all it's I am different than other people and if you just change out the words truck to 40 ounce to be in the high school musical and play basketball at the same time it's the same edge yeah. I, I mean, so he's been on the show a number of times. I think about when you're, as you're giving this description, 
um, of, I think about Jesse Cole, uh, with the Savannah bananas, if you're familiar with them, uh, are you familiar with them at all? Is that what you meant when I talked about J Cole? No, the rapper? No, I was talking about J. Cole, the rapper. Okay, I was very clearly, sure. very definitely talking about J. Cole, the rapper. But like, as, okay, as I you're am, saying, I'm, I'm vaguely aware of this human being, yes. Okay, so as you give the Troy Bolton example, that is, I kind of think of the Savannah Bananas of like, they're not, they maybe not traditionally like what you think of as cool, but when you think about the definition, like they fit the definition so well. And I think it's why they've been so viral, which is like, they're kind of like a summer baseball league or they were baseball league team. And like, Mm -hmm. they just would do like ridiculous stuff. And like the owner always is in a yellow tux and they like, just they'll break out into like TikTok dances in the middle of the game. And they play by different rules. They would like remove advertising from the stadium because they're like, nobody wants to see that. And just like by do by breaking free from the norm of what baseball was yep. like long games, they've shortened games, right? Like they now mm-hmm. are cool. And they, yeah. I would say they probably do as much merch as most major, major league baseball teams, which is probably crazy. Yeah. And so, and yeah, and like, I mean, Banana ball is cool because it is both well done. Yep. And that's what makes it good, but it's cool because it is also breaking the norm. And so one of my favorite things to do with students in my classes is I have them write lyrics for their favorite artists. I make them choose one that I'm vaguely aware of at least. And I say, write a rap or write a country song for your favorite person. And I've given them the definition of cool, which is breaking free from the norm. And then I'm going to come around and this person who's so old and stuff compared to them, they think I'm going to make their thing better. Not because I'm actually cool, not because I know all their things, but because they tend to always write the version of their their artist as I'm number one. I get things done. I'm the best. And that is some cool. There is cool to being good at state. But being cool is not about just being the best. Being cool is about going different than the rest. When people say don't do it, you still do it. And that, and just like you can literally change almost all people's first marketing attempts. You can change people's most first lyrics to say, I get what you're trying to do, but either how is that breaking a norm? And the easiest way to think about it is simply this. Lean, twist, or resist. Lean into a norm, take a twist on the norm, or resist a norm. And technically, sometimes you're doing all three, but as a useful sort of like people like little simple frameworks that rhyme. Uh, so your definition of cool is autonomously break the norm in a way that is positive or not going too far for your audience. And if you want to immediately know how to sort of like get a thing, whatever you're doing, lean further into it, do it with a twist or do it in a way that implicitly or explicitly resists something else out there. This is amazing. I mean, I'm thinking about a lot of hip hop artists now and obviously like, mm-hmm. that being a, a culture that I, I enjoy. It's like, yeah, like Kanye did that because he came out, he was wearing pink polos when he first came out, right? Yep. Like no other, ever, that was a, during a time when 50 Cent and Eminem and gangster rap was cool and he came out and made it about something different. Drake started rapping about all of his emotions and and singing while doing it, breaking the norm, right? But obviously good at the same time, so. My, my yeah. brain's going a lot of different directions mm-hmm. now. Go ahead. 
Yeah, and so I was a so I grew up as a like a like a pop punk emo kid, right? So black hair and stuff like that. Sometimes I'd eyeliner it sometimes, right? Um, but we did that because we felt that. We, we felt we liked the music. We also felt like it allowed us to express something that society was not allowing us to express, which was, you know, being emotional about things and being real and authentic. Obviously, we are also being theatrical about it, but that was part of it. And if you actually look at a lot of what the emo kids did in 2008, some of us were some of the first to embrace the next thing that was happening. Because what we always wanted to do is we just didn't want to feel those things. We also wanted to feel this sense of excitement and difference. And we wanted, we wanted to feel different and free. And eventually, what would actually make us feel different and free is to do something different than the sort of genre that our fandom helped make popular. And so when that sort of 80s sound, those pop sounds came in, we would be attracted to bands like in retrospect, oh my God, why were we listening to Cobra Starship? But Cobra Starship came out in a, a pink hoodie, a purple hoodie, and was just really different and had songs about just dancing and stuff. Um, uh, I remember when LMFAO, and I was at a show with them and like only 200 people, right? They were a joke band. And in a world where everything had been so serious, this felt new. And then when the freaking Black Eyed Peas came out with I Got a Feeling, I'm like, no, no. And Boom Boom Powell. And they said that everybody else was late. I'm like, no, you're late. You're late. Um, so I, I hold too much, too much negative energy around this. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so that, that just those being, um, we, we want to feel lots of different things. And so uh, how to understand cool is so, it's, it's very like amorphous and stuff. And some people really have a high need to feel different right? They really like to feel different. And that is, I think, something that is true for me. But everybody wants to feel cool in this way. Everybody wants their friend when those your friends are talking to some other people and those other people say to your friends, should we invite Troy? Should we invite David to the party? And your friend will be like, yeah, they're cool, right? Because that means that you're somebody you know, you're, you, you belong, but you're an individual and you've got something about you. You're cool. Right. And, and I think that that is what people often forget all the time. Right. My mom doesn't need to be the super, super coolest person in the world, but she doesn't want me to say that my mom is an uncool mom. Right. My mom wants to be cool for a mom. Yeah. She doesn't care about sense. being super cool. Um, and yeah. And so, I think it's this really interesting thing where lots of people are like, oh my God, like, I don't need to be cool. I'm like, no, no, you do. You might not call it and you might confuse the word cool with yep. hip. Um, but yeah, it, cool can be defined and everybody wants it. Really interesting framework for everybody to, that's listening to, to, to think about it. All right. I want to bring us home. Do we have time for one last concept of metamodernism before we shut yeah, it down? Yeah, let's do it. All right, take it. us there because I think this is another really useful concept for a lot of people listening to understand and think about like what's happening right now. Yeah, so um, uh, so metamodernism is a term that I like to describe uh, modern society with. Um, it is not my term. Um, if you want to look up something about it, I'd recommend going to the Meta Modern Manifesto by Luke Turner. It's a little more philosophical. But what I feel as if metamodernism allows us to do is define what is sort of unique-ish about this modern time, 
right? Postmodernism was the era of television and deconstruction and The Simpsons. But if you watch The Simpsons and you watch Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty feels different. If you look at the fashion of the 90s, even though some of those trends are coming back, Virgil Abloh and Offlight and their self-awareness and their meta-ness is different. If you look at how like movies are more are have such like morally gray atmospheres in them or just weird and all over the place, like everything everywhere all at once, you're seeing this other thing that is happening. And so what I call that is metamodernism or what I like using the term is and it's this idea that people are comfortable and enjoy experiencing things in multiple ways at the same times and dualities. So every cool sneaker is like a triple collab. We have artists who are also basketball players. Uh, we have people who are, you know, uh, the people who are Twitch streamers, who are also scientists, who are also professors, who are also porn stars. And they're just, you know, they're just playing Call of Duty and talking about video games, right? Like it's, it's, it, there's so much of this that's, that's going on. And, Two of the phrases that's often used to describe this, and if you think about these two phrases, it, it really kind of helps you understand and navigate the spaces, is oscillation. And so we're like oscillating between things. So like Rick and Morty, life is hopeless, friendship is amazing, right? And and that, and right, um, uh, modern modern music, everything is wrong, but you are my love. Right. I'm balling, but I'm sad. Right. It's it's all of these things. And it's these isolate these things that are oscillating, which is and like it's it's sometimes they're in between, but often it's between it's oscillating between both. And the other phrase that's often used for uh, metamodernism is both comma and. And that means when both of the things come together, they are both of those things and something different. So when Nike does a collaboration with Virgil Abloh and creates the off-white Nike basketball shoes, it's both Nike, both off-white, and this other concept. And it's these fusing of these things together to create these multiple almost realities that people are experiencing at the same time, which is literally what you're doing because you're on your phone waiting in line for Chipotle and there is a news story about people dying in Ukraine and what somebody thinks about Rihanna's baby. So when we, when we think about metamodernism, like it makes sense as a principle of just like kind of oscillating between dualities, if you will. But like, if I'm, if I'm at a, an organization, like why, why is this relevant to me? Like, what should I do about it? How should I be thinking about applying this theory into our operations? Yeah. So I think that lots and lots of times you want, you cannot just be one thing anymore. So one of the simplest examples of this is how people make logos. And lots of times when people are making logos right now, they are less interested in what the color of the logo is and whether they can have a logo that they can make look good as a pride flag, make look good in other colors, reappropriate in different ways. So that thing can transform and become lots of different things itself. And you, you like, again, let's, let's just use Dave's chickens and hot chicken and waffles, right? This is 
like the most simple idea for food. We just sell chicken. The twist is it's a little hot, but also we're this like weird commercial. We have this weird commercial campaign that is so successful and it's make sure you don't die before you you have Dave's chicken and waffles, right? And it literally is a commercial about a friend sitting, eating a sandwich, talking about how their friend died. And the saddest thing about that is that they didn't get to have this. And then you walk into the store that sells this normal food, but it also has this like graffiti on the walls. It's so many things at once, like literally like the movie says, everything, everywhere, all at once. And that is just how people are more and more enjoying it. And it's not just for the cool kids. It's everything, right? It is every experience that we're going through is all these things at once. I, I think um, as you're saying it, and I'm like thinking about it through my filter, I, I somebody that I was interacting with yesterday, I think liquid death does a really good job of this. The, the, <laughs> yeah. like, like, I mean, like they're, yeah. a, they're a water company, they're a canned water yeah. company, but I just signed up to get my horror scope where every month they send me like a horror version of my horoscope. And like, that's how they got me onto their text SMS thread. Right. Like, and, yeah. and they are just so much more than a water company. They, they stand for edginess and like breaking from the norms, thinking back to that. I, like I'm now thinking about them through all the things we've been talking about over the last hour. And I think they fit a lot of that mold. Yeah. And one of the, the ways that I like kind of the positive view of what um, metamodernism and sometimes like philosophers will joke about it. Metamodernism. It's not really anything new. It's just postmodernism. But what if not sad? Um, and uh, and I'm like, oh, that's actually that's seriously, at least maybe from a philosophical point, it's not really different. Like, but from a uh, or you can argue it is, but maybe it's not. But from like a consumer perspective, that's really different. That us saying when we are deconstructing things, we are no longer deconstructing them just to say they are wrong. We are deconstructing them to do something new with it, mm. right? We are we are literally taking the marketing of water to create a community and excitement around this idea. And you can criticize that and whatnot, but what is happening is someone is saying, look at reality, the fabric of reality. All of this is a lie. Everything is a copy of a copy. Everything is simulacra. But we've been complaining about that for now 20 plus years since the Matrix came out. We've been woke for 20 plus years. Yeah. What are we going to do with this world we live in? The, uh, the world is ending, let's throw a party, right? Um, and that, I think there's a lot of sort of energy around that. And it is really, 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 really different. And I think that sometimes when I talk to people who, you know, are less sort of aware of this change or stuff, even though they might be experiencing it and enjoying it on an unconscious level, they really are fixed in this 1999, the matrix has came out. Right. And that is their real understanding of uh, we're getting really philosophical to end this. But this real idea of like we are we are cool if we can say the system is a lie. If we can if we are cool when we tell you we're marketing to you. 
And while that still sort of works, and of course that's part of it, there is this other type of level level on it. Liquid death is not just saying we're marketing to you. Um, uh, they are saying we are marketing to you and this other thing is happening, right? This is, we're going to come out with Banana Ball and these new soccer leagues, and it's going to be both like a sport and then also like a video game in a lot yep. of ways, and also like TikTok, and also like these things. And we are going to literally oscillate between high, high tempo sports drama and a TikTok dance. And you know what? You can do that because literally that is what TikTok is. Because you are going between, I'm a celebrity here and I'm here to make a really nuanced point about the issue in Ukraine and how you can help. Next dance. Do, 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 do. Exactly, this is my butt. Exactly. What a, that's life. That's life. This is the meta-modern world. <laughs> and it's only going to get more meta-modern. This is where we live now, everybody. Embrace it. Yeah. Do something different with it. Um, Troy, this has been an awesome last hour. You've been so gracious yeah. with your time going over a little bit yeah. with us. Uh, if people yeah. have made it to this point, uh, and we can put this stuff in the beginning as well, uh, where can people follow along and get more of these just like nuggets of wisdom from you? How can people interact with you? Yeah. Uh, so I, I just want to say one thing that I probably didn't get to say uh, on this episode, and then I'll answer that question, which is, I think it's really, uh, I love that all these things that we think we can't understand, we can understand better. And on one hand, we can use that to design amazing, successful businesses. But on the other hand, we can literally use these ideas to create better experiences for people, whether that is Disney or an online community. And you, you can break free in your own life to bring back Troy Bolton from High School Musical, right? <laughs> when you understand what cool is, it can help you engage. It can help you understand things. Like, I don't know all the trends and stuff, and it's my job to know all the trends. And I get to, like, walk and talk to my, like, you know, 17-year-old cousin, and I can walk up to her and I can say, who do you love? And they'll say this. I'm like, what is that person doing different? How are they leaning, twisting, or resisting the culture? And she knows that she can, un she can explain that to me. So even if I do not understand her artists, I have the structure to allow her to explain to me why the thing that she listens to as 17 is cool. And I can relate to her as someone who also thought something was 17, even though what I thought when I was 17 is cool is so much less weird than what she thinks. Right. <laughs> um. Uh, so wh where to find me? Um, so I'm in the process of um, uh, going, trying to put all these sort of insights together and stuff um, and into uh, the, you know, the real world and release this series of things most likely called books I'm writing, where instead of writing a book, I will just uh, release the 15 pages of the book that are most important and thus you can learn it and it will be free. Uh, I'm an academic. I just, I just believe my, my, I don't know if I believe, but I cannot help but give the secret sauce away. Um, so, uh, that will eventually be launched more fully at troy-campbell.com. Yes, somebody beat me to it. Troy-campbell.com. <laughs> so that's a lot of the stuff. Stuff when you'll see a lot of my research there and you'll see a lot of sort of like Disney metaphors. Um, probably one of my favorite articles that I've ever written that brings this all together is called Welcome to Team Science, which goes over my idea of welcome to team hero through the metaphor of science activism and it's Disney and psychology and everything together. Um, and then if you are 
Uh, also, there's tons and tons of stuff on OYF. That's orange, yellow, F like the F word, dot com. And um, that is on your feet where we bring more joy, less fear and better results to companies, usually through experiential design, um, either experiential design for their consumers or for other employees, either through actual consumer experiences or trainings or executive experiences. And we have tons and tons of things about how we do all that in a fun and sophisticated way. And I'll just say um, on that website, what I've tried to really do is... um, advocate for how sophisticated some of these creative methods can be, not always are, but can be. So recently I wrote uh, uh, some ridiculously long thing about the science of yes and, and about how actually complicated that principle is, even though it's only just two words and a comma, and um, the opportunities behind that. Just because people like hate on it. And then also some of the pre- the like biggest like advocates of it don't actually really understand it sophisticatedly enough. And uh, it just makes me sad to see all these things that could be used to help people in business, life, education settings better. And now I'm rambling, but yeah, OIF.com <laughs> or Troy-Campbell.com. It's late in the day. It's what, late in what the about, day. What about uh, any, any socials or email lists or anything like that that people can sign up for or follow you? No, no. In the future, just go to the website. Uh, Pay the man his money. Just go to the website. (laughs) No, I mean I follow what lots of academics have said about social media, which is, um, I'm really good at advising other people how to use social media because the things that they are good at and the way that they interact um, fit social media. But what I am good at is explaining ideas in sort of rambly ways that really have to be specifically associated with different things. So you can see how the science is defined well. So I will never be great at, I will never be a social media king because that is not where my skill level is or where I really feel happy. I will always be a writer and a podcaster more. That, so that, that's just a that's, just, that's just the same. I'm I'm gonna use that excuse next time. Uh, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Uh, a day goes by and I don't make a tweet or a LinkedIn post. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, I know we will be sharing a lot more of your stuff from our socials. Um, because Troy, I think your your thoughts on on this stuff is just fantastic. So once again, thanks again for coming yep. on the show, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next time we talk. To everybody listening, thanks so much. Lights. Hey guys, before you head out, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. That helps more of your peers find the show as they search for ways to get better in their own roles. But this podcast is just a small part of what we do at Engagement. In our normal day in the office, we're crazy focused on helping athletic departments and sports and entertainment companies generate more revenue by becoming more customer-centric. To see how we might be able to help your organization, visit engagementpartners.com to learn more. Download a free guide, check out our blogs and case studies, or schedule a call with us if you want to see how we can help with your particular objectives. Our goal is to help you create deeper connections with fans and generate more revenue. So when you're with us, hopefully you find a nugget or two that helps your cause.